and in the blink of an eye, a world that seemed quite familiar is now unrecognizable. Foundations have splintered, nations battered, people polarized. You face a world that appears to be falling apart, and life's what-ifs have become why-me's. The thought, I thought I would never have seen the day, has already come and gone. Yet God whispers, I am with you always. All right, I want to welcome all of our campuses to our brand new series called Theos. Come on, can we just welcome all those campuses? Man, we're excited to have you guys. Now, we just finished the longest series we've ever done at Church of the King, eight weeks, uh, talking about the Beatitudes. We're kicking off a brand new series. You say, Pastor, what does Theos mean? Well, I'm going to tell you what it means. It's actually from two Greek words. And the first part is called E-N-N. We translate it I-N in English. And the second word is theos. Everybody say theos. Okay, what does that sound like? It's, it's the Greek word that means God. We use an English word called theology. And it's the study of God. So in theos actually means in God or God within. I never forget when I gave my heart to Christ, as a young believer, the thought that began to hit me was, is that I wasn't just forgiven of my sin. I had a conversation with a guy one time, and I was trying to really get this, this thought home to him. I said, listen, you're not just forgiven of your sin as a Christian. I think that's one of the things that challenges us as believers is to understand the scripture that, that we're not just forgiven. I've had people say that, well, I'm just, what is a Christian? Well, a Christian is Somebody that believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and died on the cross for us. Yeah? And if I put my faith in Christ, um, that, that he died, and of course he was buried and rose again, that the Bible says I'll be, I'll be saved. I'm forgiven. Absolutely. Is that all? Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm forgiven of my sin. How many know that's about 50% of it? There's another side to this that when you're a Christian, when you give your heart to Christ and you trust Jesus as your Savior, you're not just forgiven. You're actually given a gift. And the gift is the Holy Spirit that comes to live inside of you. En theos. I am so grateful that God has not left us as orphans, but he's given us not only forgiveness, but his spirit as well to live with us, to dwell with us, and to make his home with us. How many are grateful for God's presence on the inside? So I am really fired up about this series. I'm going to be teaching. I'll do probably every year or two, I'll do a three or four week series on the Holy Spirit. And I'm really pumped up. Matter of fact, I just finished up last week uh, on the Beatitudes. If you weren't here, I'm going to encourage you to get it. Because the very last Beatitude, what was it? It was, here it is. Happy are those that are persecuted for righteousness sake. How on earth can you be happy for being persecuted unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit? 
You're going to be mad. You're going to feel like you're a victim. You feel like, God, why are you allowing this? Versus the first century Christians, they were filled with the Spirit. They would rejoice. They were mocked. They were, but they were, they, listen, when you squeeze somebody filled with the Holy Spirit, can I tell you something? Let me tell you what comes out. The Spirit of God. And that's why we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. It's my goal through this series to give you guys that are unbelievers that maybe just checking out Christianity. Maybe, and we just, I know that we have people online, all of our campuses that, 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 are, that are new. They're just kind of discovering and they're, you're on a search. My goal is for those of you that don't know anything about Christ, that, that this would be a series where you can not only meet Christ, but you can understand the power of Christ, the power of the Spirit. This week I'm going to talk about where does the Holy Spirit, where does the teaching of the Holy Spirit actually begin? A lot of people think it begins at the day of Pentecost. It's not true. It's from the very beginning of the Bible. Today I'm going to talk about that. Next week I'm going to talk about Mother's Day weekend. By the way, you don't want to miss it. I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Why did Jesus, check this out, why did Jesus, when he was baptized in the Jordan River, why did Jesus, and by the way, he was baptized by his cousin who? John. Why was Jesus, when he was baptized by his cousin John, why did Jesus, who, who had fully God but fully man, had no sin, why did he need the Holy Spirit to rest upon him? In his human form. Why? In his earthly, in his earthly body. Why? I'm going to talk about that next week. And then I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit within us, how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. I had a couple tell me one time, said, Pastor, we were looking at a house and we had four or five different houses and, and, and you know, you teach about this all the time. So we just thought, man, we're going to give it a shot. So we had four or five houses. So we held hands. We said, you know, we're just going to pray and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask God to show us what to do. And so we prayed and this tremendous peace came over us. I said, you know who that was? I said, well, I, 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 I mean, we were, I guess that's God. I said, that's God, the Holy Spirit. Isn't it wonderful that you have a divine GPS on the inside of you? Isn't that cool? I'm going to be talking about that week three. Then week four, I'm going to be talking about, man, I can't wait till this. By the way, Pentecost weekend. You know, in the church, again, Passover is when Jesus was crucified Resurrection, Easter, right? We celebrate the birth, the birth of Christ, Christmas. We celebrate the death of Christ, Good Friday. The resurrection of Christ, Easter. But then 50 days after that, penta means 50. 50 after Pentecost, we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. On a Pentecost weekend, I'm going to talk about what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be anointed with the Spirit. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to, all right, you guys ready for this? All the way back to the beginning, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. I, I never forget when I gave my heart to Christ, I was in college. And, you know, it's interesting. Some of you guys have heard this story, but I was, um, I was actually led to Christ by two girls. How many know God's smarter than us? I had so many guys invite me to a Bible study. I never went, but I actually had two girls invite me to a Bible study. And I just, I didn't have the heart to say no to one. And the other one was, she was, she was attractive. And uh, is that wrong to say? I'm sorry. I'm in church. I can't lie. And so, and I thought, man, I'm just, I'm just going to go to, you know, and, 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 and there was a divine ambush. I mean, you know, God has divine ambushes for you. Okay. I mean, I was just overwhelmed by the spirit of God. Well, this girl, Linda, who was incredible, I never forget, three months after I became a Christian, here's what she said. 
I had a friend of mine, Vince, and she said, she goes, I want you and Vince to meet me at a coffee shop because it's time for you to learn about the Holy Spirit. I thought, well, the Holy Spirit, I mean, I got Jesus, I got the whole deal, I'm going to heaven, that's, that's good. She goes, that's awesome, you're going to heaven, your name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, but you know nothing about the Holy Spirit. I said, well, I, okay, I want to learn. So we went there. You know what's crazy? It's kind of like when you go, and I've said this before, it's like if you, if you decided today that you were going to go buy a Toyota Camry, on the way to the dealership, you'd see so many Toyota Camrys, it's like, it's, they're everywhere. When she started opening the Bible about the Holy, uh, when she started showing me, we went in the Old Testament. Then we went through the New Testament. I thought, wow. You know, for three months, here's what she told me when I gave my heart to Christ. I want to say this to anybody that's just checking out Christianity or a new believer, read the Gospel of John. She says, Steve, read the Gospel of John. I read the Gospel of John. Then I read Matthew, Mark, Luke. I did all the red stuff. And I kind of finished that. She goes, now you need to learn about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you, Genesis, Exodus, the Holy Spirit's there, Leviticus. It's all over the Old Testament, New Testament. And what I found is, is that, that in order to live the victorious Christian life, let me just tell you something. It's not good enough just to have my sins forgiven. I need to know about the power of God on the inside of me, the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a quest in our culture right now. Particularly with COVID, people being locked down. They didn't go anywhere for a long time. You can look at the Google searches if you hear about it. The Google search for spirituality. Off the charts. People want to get spiritual, right? There's questions about spirituality in our culture all over the place. What's so interesting is, is that it's not the heart to, quote, want to be spiritual. It's not a vision problem. It's a strategy problem. It's not, I want to be spiritual. It's, how do I become spiritual? Because you don't become spiritual by going in a room, lowering the lights, putting on seashore music, and lighting incense. That's not, I need to be spiritual. I need to get in touch. You know, I'm going to hum. That's not how you become spiritual. The way to actually become spiritual is to connect with the Holy, say it, Spirit. In other words, you can't become spiritual unless the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. That was good preaching, whether you thought it was or not, by the way. That was really actually good. When I gave my heart to Christ, I began my spiritual journey. And that's why you're here. And that's why you've joined us online. Why? Because you are seeking spiritual things. The issue is not a vision problem. How do I become spiritual? It's a strategy problem. How, how do I actually do it? It's a, how do I do it? Well, the way that we quote do it is when we receive Christ, we're forgiven of our sins. And then we step into a whole new world. Because in theos. God comes to live on the inside of us. Friends, we don't serve a God that's way far out there. The Bible says our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has been involved. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit's not an abstract force. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is God. Let me give you one more analogy, and then i got to jump into the Bible. I'm so excited to get into Genesis chapter 1. You guys are going to learn so much in this series. One more analogy. Where is God the Father right now? I'm just asking, according to the Bible. Where is God the Father? Where is he? He's in heaven. Where is God the Son? According to the Bible, technically, now we serve one God, but there's three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Not three gods, one God. Everybody say one God. God the Father, first person of the Trinity in heaven. God the Son, According to the Bible, second person in the Trinity, he is seated at the, 
Okay, that's in the Bible. How do I know that? Remember the first Christian martyr, Stephen, that was being martyred? The Bible said that Jesus actually stood up. He's seated. All right, watch this. Don't miss this. Where's God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity? Where is he right now? He's the actual executive arm of the Godhead. He makes things happen on the earth. Let me give you one analogy, all right? One more analogy. Is this helping anybody? Three people. Great. All right, we're ready. Watch this. this is a, I'm talking about one God. Everyone say one God. I don't want you to go there. I tell you over there at Church of the King, man, they're teaching all kinds of stuff. No, we're actually teaching the Bible. Historic Christianity, we believe in one God, but three persons. The problem is we talk a lot about the Father, first person, a lot about the Son, second person. We don't talk a lot about the third person, the Trinity, who's actually on the earth executing the will of the Father. We probably ought to figure this out a little bit. All right, here it is. Watch this. This is water. If I heat this water up, okay, it becomes what? Say it. Steam. It becomes steam. Now watch this, all right? If I freeze it, it becomes what? Ice. Solid, liquid, steam, or gas, right? Solid, liquid, steam. Okay, it's water, water, water. It takes on a different shape and form, but it's still water. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's all God, but different expressions. We're going to talk about the third person of the Trinity. God the Spirit. All right, here we go. Genesis chapter 1. Man, I'm fired up about this. This is going to help you. When you learn the Bible, the, the, here's what the Scripture says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The more you hear the Word and learn the Bible, your faith grows. That's why we want to teach you the Bible. All right, here it is. Genesis chapter 1. Here's what Scripture says. Here's what, here's what Linda did with me and Vince. Genesis chapter 1. This is the Holy Spirit and the beginning of mankind. Because people really believe that the Holy Spirit kind of started showing up in the New Testament somewhere. No, the Holy Spirit's God has been there from the beginning and was manifesting right in the beginning. Genesis chapter, let's do chapter one, verse two. Here it is. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the earth, the face of the waters. This is the active presence of the Spirit of God moving over the unformed and the dark earth, bringing order, watch this, bringing order out of chaos. The world is chaotic. It was, there was a lot going on. The Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit's order out of chaos. Matter of fact, I don't want to ask for a show of hands, but if I ask at all of my campus, he say, Pastor, you know, I, I, this kind of makes sense because when I gave my heart to Christ, my life was out of order. And the closer I got to God, the more I allowed God into my life, the more my life came into order. How many times has somebody said, you know, my marriage, this was going on. I was struggling with this, but I gave my heart to Jesus. The Holy Spirit came to live in me. Why is that so important? Because the Holy Spirit specializes in bringing order where there's chaos. In your emotional life, in your spiritual life, in your mental life, in your marital life. What does he want to do? He wants to bring order. That's what the Spirit of God does. Now watch this. The Holy Spirit then is the executive arm of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God, three distinct persons. One God. Let me give you another scripture. This is all the way from the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Some of you guys, maybe you've never seen this before. Listen to what the scripture says. 
Then God said, here it is, let us, everyone say us, let us, who's he talking to? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. You are not and I am not made in the image of an angel. Now, I know some of y'all, you know, I told my wife once, I'm an angel. Well, that's not true. <laughs> but we're not made in the image of an angel. We're not. I know somebody may have called you, you just little angel. But no, you're actually made in something a step higher than that. You're made in the image of God. You're not made in the, And so the question is, who is God talking about? Let us. He's not looking at an angel. He goes, hey, come on over here. Hey, hey. Michael, get on over here, man. Hey, 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 hey. Come on, Gabriel. Hey, let's, let's work this thing up. Make, getting ready to make a human. That's not how it worked. Here it is. You guys read it? Here it is. God the Father spoke to God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. It was the first conversation in the Bible. It was a, it was a, a communal, it was a conversation as the Trinity commune within themselves. Boy, isn't that powerful? So here it is. It was the plan in the heart of the Father. It was the spoken word, the Son, and it was executed by the Spirit of God as the clay was brought from the dust of the earth and the Spirit was blown and man became a living being. You're made in the image of God, the likeness of God. And the Spirit of God brings, listen, brings order out of chaos. Maybe you've come into this place and maybe you're struggling in an area of your life. I want to guarantee you something that if you'll surrender to Christ, and allow the Holy Spirit begin to work in your life. He brings order out of chaos. The book of Genesis is the very beginning book that we study in Scripture. And yet it is the blueprint. It is, it is the powerful beginning of the book. And I, I want to share something. I want to say a couple other statements as I'm laying down some biblical principles and patterns uh, for the next four, four weeks. It's very important that you understand this, that in the Old Testament, please hear me, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit did not live in people. He came upon people. It wasn't until the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of people. Now, that's important. The Holy Spirit did come upon people in the Old Testament. Matter of fact, he came upon three different groups. Prophets. Everyone say prophets. Everybody say priests. And everybody say kings. So in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was active with mankind, but with a select group. And he came upon them for works of service, to make an impact, to make them do things they couldn't do in their own strength and come upon them and empower, and empower a king, empower a prophet to prophesy. Empower a priest to stand between God and man and to stand on behalf. So, but, but the Holy Spirit, number one, was not readily available to all mankind in the Old Testament, and he came upon people. He didn't live within people. Now, let me give you an example. One of the best examples in the Old Testament is 1 Samuel chapter 10. Watch what happens. Again, those of you that know biblical history, the children of Israel cried out for a king. They looked at the nations around them. They couldn't find a king, and and they cried out, and God finally said, all right, if you want a king, I'm going to give you a king. I wanted to be your leader, but if you want a human leader that you can call king, just like the Jebusites, and just like these ites, and the termites, and all the other ites around you, and the Canaanites, I'm going to make you just like them. I'm going to give you a king. So God called Samuel a prophet. And God told Samuel to go find Saul. 
Matter of fact, Saul, a lot of people think, man, he was bold. No, he wasn't. He was actually super insecure. Before he was anointed king, matter of fact, he was hiding. The scripture actually says he was, he was, he was hiding in the back behind luggage. And it was, he was called into what God had for him. Now watch this. 1 Samuel chapter 10. Here's what the Bible says. Verse 1. Then Samuel, this is the anointing of the first king of Israel. We're talking about Samuel anointing Saul. And in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't live within people. But the third person of the Trinity came upon people to empower them for works of service. Prophets, priests, and kings. Here's the first example of him coming upon a king. He came upon judges, but a king. This is the first king of Israel right here. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. Watch this. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because of the Lord that the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? Here Samuel, the prophet of God, watch this, takes oil and he pours that oil. Matter of fact, this is water, but he takes a, he takes a, 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 a thing of oil and he pours it in. Now, by the way, oil in all of the Bible is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Oil is not the Holy Spirit. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Just like water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. All throughout the Bible, Old and New Testament. So here's what happened. Samuel anoints Saul, the prophet, or the king, and something happens. The oil was a sign of something actually transferring spiritually. And here's the scripture. Look at verse six and seven. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, Saul, and you'll prophesy with them, with the prophets, and you'll be turned into another man. And let it be, when these signs come to you, that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. God came upon Saul in that moment. And I gotta tell you something. When God came upon Saul, he was turned into another man. Can I tell you something? When God comes upon your life, where there's insecurity, there's inadequacy, the times in my life, this last year, being a pastor of a church in a crazy season that we're in, this COVID season, the last year, all this stuff, as a leader. By the way, it wasn't fun being a leader last year. A lot of opinions from a lot of people about a lot of things. How many of you know what I'm talking about? A lot of opinions. So as a leader, man, I was, at times I'd feel insecure. I'd feel inadequate. I'd like, what should I do? Do we make this choice? Do we make that choice? Thank God we have a good team and a good board. But yet at the end of the day, I'm the one that's got to say it. And I thank God that many times I, I would go to prayer and I'd feel the empowering of the Holy Spirit. I'd feel the Spirit of God come on my life. And let me tell you when the Holy Spirit does, when it comes upon your life, he changes you from insecurity to confidence. He changes you from inadequacy to adequacy in God. In other words, where you feel incapable, he gives you competency. He changes you. I know a lot of people don't realize that the Holy Spirit actually enhances your life. Where you are in your gift set, dealing with your job, dealing in marriage, dealing with your family, your kids. The Holy Spirit, when he comes upon you, he changes you into a different person. Now, yes, I'm still 5'11 and 3 quarters, powerful looking. But I'm just saying, I'm just trying to see if you're awake. Jeez. I'm not talking about physically where you look different. I'm talking about internally where you feel different. The Spirit of God. You know, I'm a, I'm a, a sports enthusiast. I like football, basketball. Base. I, I, like, I don't watch much baseball, but, you know, and I, and I, do, I do follow different college and pro, different ones. And, and a number of years ago, some of you guys may not know this, but Zion Williamson, one of the greatest 
basketball players ever coming out of college plays for the Pelicans in New Orleans Pelicans. You guys may not know that. You may. I know it's been kind of crazy. People have been watching with games. You can't go and all that stuff. But, and, and I just thought about this for a moment. I thought about what would it be like? Just think about this. What would it be like if I was out playing basketball with some friends? Just think about this. And I was out playing and, you know, I'm 32, but I'm just saying I'm not his age. But I'm just, so if I, if, I'm, if I was playing and just kind of shooting and and in high school, I could never dunk a ball. I could touch the rim. I mean, I wasn't a great jumper. But, but just think about this for a moment. And I'm with my friends out there and, and, and playing basketball and just enjoying myself. And what, what, what if all of a sudden I had somebody go, hey, hey. And I turned around. It was Zion behind me. He said, let me help you out. I said, man, and he goes, don't worry. Nobody can see me. He said, just, what if he said that? And he goes, let me help you. I said, what do you want to do? He goes, turn around. Let me unzip your back. I'm like, dude, what's up? So he unzips me and steps inside of me and zips it back. He goes, go out there and play ball now. And if I walked out there, listen, now with a greater power on me, moving through me, and all of a sudden I jumped up. I'm not just touching the rim. I'm breaking the rim. I'm doing whatever I want. I could jump over the rim if I was. Are y'all with me? But here's the point. Here's the point. It wouldn't me be doing it. It's a greater power that came upon my life. A greater power. I had somebody tell me this one time, Pastor, are you telling me that the Holy Spirit actually helped you spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and even can empower you physically? Yes. I believe that. All right, check this out. If you read the book of Mark, I, I've been to Israel many times. If you read the book of Mark, there, there is in the, on the, on the, on, there's two sides of the Sea of Galilee. There's a Jewish side and there's a non-Jewish side. And on the non-Jewish side, there's a place called Gadara, actually where we get the concept in the Bible of the Gadarene. It's from Gadara, the Gadarene demonic. There is a person that had demons that would come upon them and you guys remember that? They would cut themselves. They couldn't even chain them. They'd scream out. Of course, Jesus showed up. How I mean, you know when Jesus shows up, everything changes? But watch this, watch this. A demon spirit would come upon this person and this guy, and he would literally break chain. And I thought to myself, if a demon spirit, remember this, the devil's not a creator. The devil's a cre part of the creation. He's no match for God. If a demon spirit can come upon somebody and enslave them and give them supernatural powers to do things, don't tell me the Holy Spirit can't come upon you and give you power to get out of bed in the morning and get to work. Don't tell me he can't. The Bible says Saul was changed. Everybody say changed. He was changed into another man. The Holy Spirit would come upon people all throughout the Old Testament, but three groups, prophets, priests, and kings. Judges chapter 6, verse 34, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He would come upon Gideon. Gideon was one of the judges right prior to this time. Again, prophets, priests, and kings, and under the kings, I would put judges prior to the first king of, the first king of Israel. He would come upon different people. Moses, he came upon. Moses was a spokesman, a prophet of God. Samson, another judge. David, the king of Israel, after Saul. The Spirit of God would come upon them. The Spirit of God wants to come upon your life. God wants to come upon you and empower you. Why? Because there are things in your life, you, can, you are inadequate. You can only do so much in your own strength. 
But in God's strength, all things are possible. With God's strength. I can't tell you the different times in my life I felt weak, I felt insecure, I felt, but it was, it's, it's praying and crying out to God. And there's a, there's a, here it is, here it is. There's a greater power that comes upon your life. In theos, there's a greater power that comes upon you. There's a greater power that comes into you. The power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe if you've never heard this before, you thought, Pastor Steve, I, this is like foreign language to me. It's actually biblical language. And what God is trying to tell you is that many of you have been trying to do this Christian life on your own. Listen to me. I want everybody to hear me. The Christian life is not about your willpower. It's about the power of Almighty God helping you follow Christ. It's not about your willpower. You can't break sin. You can't break addiction. You cannot break the, ch- the shackles of sin in your own strength. And if you try to break one, you may break one, but three more will jump on you. <laughs> but when you walk in the power of God. Now, I'll close with this. There is a scripture... There's a scripture in the Old Testament. It was written actually 850 years before Christ. Uh, the thing I love about the Bible is the Bible is put together in such a way it makes sense to me. And of course, I've been doing this for a long time, but even as a young believer, I begin, okay, there's the Old Testament. Okay, the Old Testament is all about pointing to Christ. Okay, the New Testament is all about pointing back to Christ. The cross is the middle. Remember, everything, the, the narrative, Christ is the interpretive key of all the Bible. The Bible in the Old Testament is pointing to Christ. The New Testament is pointing back to Christ. So the Old Testament, I love this scripture in the book of Joel. Here it is. And it's written 853 years before Christ. And it's a scripture talking about what's gonna happen when Jesus comes. Listen, Jesus comes and dies on the cross. He's buried, he's raised again on the third day, and then 50 days after that, he pours out his spirit. This scripture in the book of Joel is speaking to that day, and that day, by the way, was fulfilled in that day, but it's still be f- being fulfilled every day in which we live now. And it's an opportunity to receive this. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Here's what Joel says. Talking about the day of Pentecost, 850 years before the day of Pentecost. Here's what Joel says. You guys ready? Joel chapter two, verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward. After what? After the cross, after the resurrection, after the ascension of Jesus on the Mount of Olives. He said, this is so cool. He says, it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on, what's that next word? Everybody say it. Oh man, this was revolutionary. The Old Testament wasn't for all flesh. The the Spirit of God wasn't poured out on all flesh in the Old Testament. It was just poured out upon the prophets, priests, and kings. It was just kind of for a group of people. I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit is not just poured out on the preachers today. Not just the priest and the preacher and the clergy. All flesh. Every single one of you can get into this. Every single one of you, every single person, every campus, everybody joining me online, every single person, the Holy Spirit is available to you today. Everyone say, all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Whoa. Whoa. It's not just, it's not just the older, mature people, the prophet, priest, or king. Now he's talking about your sons. So, it, so the Holy Spirit transcends chronological age. But he also transcends 
gender. It's not just men, but it's women. It's not just the old, but it's the young. By the way, please let's not have to wait till our lives are all beat up, then we serve God. Can we just serve Jesus? And listen, and, and if you're 39, 49, 59, 69, 79, 89, praise God whenever you get saved. But let's just believe the younger we can. Let's believe for our young. That's why I'm so excited about the youth revival that's happening at all of our campuses. How many of y'all are excited about young people getting turned on to Christ? I'm excited about that. I'm excited what God wants to do in this generation with young people. It's all flesh. It's men flesh. It's women flesh. It's old flesh. It's young flesh. And he said, he said they're going to prophesy. They're going to declare the word of the Lord. He says, old, your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. On your men servants and your maid servants. What that means is not just the people at the top. It's everybody. It's rich people. It's poor people. It's leaders. It's people that don't think they're a leader. It's everybody gets in. This is revolutionary. It's not just the prophet and the priest and the king. It's everybody can experience the presence of God. This was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up. The power of God comes down. They're praying in other languages. They're, there's miracles and signs. They're hearing everybody in different languages declaring the wonderful works of God. And Peter stands up and he says, this, what you guys are seeing, is that which Joel prophesied about. He quotes this verse right here. And he says, it's available to you. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God wants to come upon your life. He says, thus the Spirit of God. He says, the Holy Spirit's been poured out. Everyone say poured out. Coming upon poured out, anointed. Oh, wow. I am so looking forward to the next four weeks. You show me a Christian that starts understanding what it means to walk daily in the power of the Holy Spirit. You show me a Christian that gets into this book and gets the word in them and starts walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying a perfect Christian. I'm not saying a Christian that never falters. I am saying a Christian that's filled with a power that's not their own. That's not their own. It's the power of Almighty God. I'll close with this. I'm grateful when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, He turns us into a different man, into a different woman. Some of you guys have you've been trying to change yourself. You've been trying to transform yourself. You've been to more, you've bought more self-improvement programs. You've listened to more CDs, tapes, cassettes, reel to reel, whatever generation you belong to. And the reality is, is that God never intended for you to change yourself. You can position yourself for change. But I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that when the power of Almighty God comes upon somebody's life, just like Saul, God changes them. Everyone say change. God changes them from insecurity to secure, from a lack of courage to encourage. You know, discourage means no courage. Encourage means courage in. Inadequacy, I'll never forget, right? Probably week two, probably the second month of COVID, I felt so insecure. I was trying to figure out what to do and what do we do with church and what's gonna happen. And it was those special times of prayer. That's the one thing that we could do during that time. <clears throat> and crying out to God, God, I need your presence. Lord, I need a fresh outpour. Lord, anoint my life. Help me, oh God. And it was an empowering of the Spirit. And that's available to your life. I'm gonna ask everybody to stand. The presence of God is here. The presence of God is here for the believers. 
For believers that feel discouraged, the Holy Spirit is here. The Spirit of God is here. I'm asking everybody these next four weeks. We have Mother's Day next week, and then we have the week after, and the week after, I think Memorial Day weekend, I finish it, Pentecost weekend. This is a series that can transform your life. Being filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled with the Spirit of God. God wants to transform. God wants to transform us. We don't change ourselves, but we position ourselves for God to change us. For God to change us. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. Every one of our campuses, those that are online, stay with me. I'm going to ask our host to lean in right now. If you do not know Christ, you're not sure about your relationship with God, the first step to being filled with God is admitting your need for God. I want to say that again. Your first step being filled with God is admitting your need for God. The scripture calls it when we call out to the name of Jesus. What are we asking? We're calling out saying, Jesus, I need a savior. I need my sins to be forgiven. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Question, do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God? I can't save you. Church of the King can't save you. Being a member of a church doesn't save you. Jesus saves. Question, have you ever called upon the name of Jesus? Personally, do you know Christ? And then when you trust Christ, your Savior, your name is not only written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, your, your sins are not only forgiven, but you're given a gift. You're given the gift of the Holy Spirit, entheos. God comes to live within you. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed at the count of three, I'm just going to ask church, every one of our campuses, those that are online, pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. I'm not sure if I die today. I'm ready to stand before God. If that's you at the count of three, would you just lift your hand up high so I can see it? One, two, three. Quickly, just lift your hand up high. God bless you guys right there. God bless you all right there. God bless you, sir, right there. God bless you guys right there. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. I'm not sure about my relationship with Jesus. God bless you, hon, right there. With everybody's heads bowed, God bless you, sir. God bless you, buddy, up top. God brought you here today, man. Let's just bow our heads right now. Can we do that? Let's pray together with those that are trusting Christ. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is here right now. If you're a born-again Christian, you sense that. That's the presence of God. It's the Holy Spirit drawing people, loving people, loving you. Let's pray together with those that are trusting Christ. Can we do that? Say, dear Jesus. Come on, everyone. Dear Jesus, I come to you today. A sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past. And I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look at me. Give me 30 seconds. If you prayed and trusted Christ, all campuses and those that are online, there is a card. For those in physical location, there's a card behind your chair. It's called My Decision. I'm asking you to fill this out. Here's what's cool now is that we have buckets because we don't pass buckets anymore in this season. They're on the door at the doorway exits. You simply drop this Y. I want to send you a letter. Talk about what it means to follow Christ on a daily basis. Or 
You can text the word decision to 822-822 and all that information will come up. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward right now too. Our prayer team, if you guys, we have a prayer team after every service, by the way. If you need prayer for any needs in your life, our team plays for probably 10 or 15 more minutes, our worship team. And this team is a prayer team trained to be able to minister to you. Father, bless your people this day. Lord, my heart is filled with anticipation. These next four weeks are going to be transformation as we learn your word and open our lives afresh to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we're hungry and we're thirsty. You said you'd pour out water. You said ask for rain in the time of rain. We ask for the rain of the Holy Spirit for our lives, for our families, for this church, and yes, for our nation. Oh God, pour out your spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, we give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, can we do that? If you need prayer, we're here for you guys. I love y'all. I'll see you next week. Wow, what an incredible message and really a great way to kick off this series, Antheos, God Within. I don't know about you guys, but I know God was speaking to me and we wanna make sure that we're here for you guys. So right now, um, all of our hosts are engaged in the chat room and if you need some prayer, they would love to connect with you and pray with you because we're here for you. We're family, we wanna encourage you on this journey. So once again, our hosts are in the chat room, engage with them in prayer and they'll be there for quite a while now. Yeah, this message was so incredible today and next week, Pastor Steve's gonna preach a message about the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of Christ. And I know it's going to be an incredible message as we continue this series. So thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you next week.